2: 18
1: plus did you guys have did the wind impact you at all this week last couple of days
0: i sure did on tuesday we were playing top golf in uh the 18 degree weather yeah i, I had a few golf balls yesterday yeah. you did <laughs> yeah, yeah the wind will impact you if you're were no you matter hit, how much you're doing even you on hit, putts
1: were you hitting into the, the wind or oh well, yeah
0: yeah about half the time yeah in nebraska you're always hitting so, into the wind, so so
1: i you know guys you know i like to wear hats um I just have gotten used to wearing hats. you're a fake you, you've, you Well, hats, trans yeah. cowboy. That's right. You got to right. get that right. Uh, so the you know, once you get used to wearing a hat, especially in the wind, you like having a hat because your hair's not blowing all over kingdom come. And then when it's cold, it keeps your head warm. And The kind of hats that I wear don't smash your hair off the top. So mm, okay. you can take them off and your hair still looks halfway okay, decent. all right. I chased two hats in the last two days. One, I was out by Millard Lumber. And I stepped out of my truck, and the hat went flying. And had there not been a fence there to hold it, I would have never caught it. I would have never got it back. And Man. it was one of my good hats. And the same thing happened to me yesterday. I was at, I hopped out of my vehicle. I was in between. I think I was in Wisner, Nebraska. And uh, oh, Wizner. I hop out, and the hat goes flying across the gas station. It's like, oh. But anyway, I managed to capture most of my hats.
0: Well, that's great. So the Sports Center hat stats. Almost got you twice, but you were able to recover. You came back. Yeah, I survived.
1: So I got to tell you a story. It went, I There was a day when I was a little bit younger. I used to race motorcycles. Oh, I used wow. to race motocross, right? And I fell on my right shoulder and broke my collarbone, shattered it. Goodness. You can see the bump. See the bump there? No. Nah. They, they never even bothered to pull it back and straighten it out or pin it or whatever. It's my just goodness. a crooked thing. So anyway, when I broke the bone, it went in the It messed up one of the discs in my neck, and it's just kind of gotten worse and worse and worse. Oh, man. So I went to the orthopedist, and we did an MRI, and he says, you know, uh, um, I think you got a bad disc there, and you could see, and he showed me the picture, and it all looked messed up. And so the idea is, well, let's see if we can go in there and get rid of some of the inflammation and do a shot, right? So they scheduled me to do the shot, and I'm looking at the dude through the whole thing, and I'm going— you know what, man? What's the big deal? Just go get the syringe, grab the needle, stick the thing in my neck, and let's go, and I'll get out the door. Oh, no. We got to gotta book you in the hospital, and we got to get you in there, and gotta you got to have it. the x-ray my and goodness. all this kind of stuff. And I'm going, come
0: on. I've lived just, for 50 years with this thing.
1: Just give me the shot, you know? So I go into the, the, the operating room, and I'm going, what is all of this? What? Well, Just give me the shot. I want to go back to work, right? And so I'm thinking, all right, he's going to lay me down on the table. I'm going to be face down. He's going to grab his needle, and all these nurses are going to stand around. They're all going to justify why they're there and what they're doing. He's going to give me the shot, and I'm going to go. He lays me on my side, and he starts to prep my neck, the front of my neck. Hmm. And I'm going why are you Why are you putting alcohol on the front of my neck? Why aren't you just putting it on the back and just stick the needle in? Give me the shot. Well, lo and behold, he says there's going to be a little pinch. Mm. He goes through the front of my neck.
0: <laughs> was that just unexpected? Or
1: absolutely. Okay. He never told me he was going through the front of my neck. Oh, I just assumed he was going in the back, and so it's push in. So you get to, the, mm, and then they shoot a little more neck okay, and then, mm, and there's another more, more nobucane. Mm,
0: so they're nailing you up.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he'd go in like, you know, what, a half an inch or something, How or maybe more needle? than that. I didn't look, man. Uh, I didn't move my head. It's like, by this time, it's like, I am not doing nothing. Chop it off, dog. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, mm, squirt, 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 squirt. He finally works his way back from the front all the way to the back, and then he gets that needle in the spot, and it was like, oh, my God.
0: Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Hurt. Oh, like, man. Oh,
1: man. It, and then, it, of course, it numbs up. But I, anyway, the pressure. Anyway, I was hard on the doctor be, uh, on the front end because I didn't know what. He, he knew what he was doing. I had no idea what he was doing. I just wanted him to throw me on my stomach and stick a needle in there and bam, bam, and away you go.
0: Has- so they
1: had to have the x-ray on top of my neck so they could see where this needle is going, and then they could go in and look and in and look. He kept saying, x-ray, x-ray. He kept looking at the x-ray to make sure hmm. that needle was getting just to the exact spot. So I gained a lot more respect for what those guys do you know because you sometimes just like just go fix it de- come on you, you're making I know it do, in-
0: and you don't yeah yeah,
1: you're making it into a much bigger deal than it really is and <laughs> guess what
0: that it was a big deal yes sir it's there's a biblical metaphor in there what is, it? what is it well well maybe like uh if you don't know what you're doing at first but you think you do and then the other guy says no trust me and then you do it and you're like oh you you figure out oh accurate you should have trusted him
1: was that first Nabinthians or first, something? Yeah, something like that. Huh? Third Peter. So I got to ask you a question.
0: Okay. Well, no, I already know what you are going to ask. What, go ahead. Who
1: the heck dresses you? This in the morning? Is, it's six
0: in the morning, man. Stop coming at me Look like at this. Me. You woke up and chose violence today. Look,
1: see, I got my I got my black underarm uh, sweater on with it, and okay. it's got it's got a gray emblem. Right. So now we're doing a
0: fit check no, so wait, wait. on live so radio what, what here. What color is the
1: shirt under my sweater? It's it's uh Heather Gray. And and, and what color are my shoes?
0: <laughs> They're Heather uh, Gray. Did
1: you look in the mirror this morning? I, co- well, color-, good for you, okay? I color coordinated. My goodness. You got a turquoise T shirt, beige Puma slacks, green socks with Christmas trees on it. That's right. That's
0: right. They're- <laughs>
1: And you <laughs> you still my, uh, you still have this girlfriend?
0: Exactly. Isn't that insane? No, what happened is LA just rubbed off on me. I came back this past Monday and of course, you know, LA's famous for, you know, the girls around there will wear jean shorts and Uggs. Ugg boots, those fluffy brown ones. I mean, the the fashion, there isn't really a set fashion. You just wear whatever wear whatever you're wearing. So, it must have just rubbed off on me. I've got this, you know, bright teal shirt Match that with the greens. Very vibrant. It's very tropical. I don't know.
1: Scott, I think we better take a break Oh, after my that. word. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Tom Brewer is going to come on, and he's going to tell us about what we need to do to make sure that our children are properly protected in public schools. He's a state senator that's working on a bill that will provide some more flexibility at being able to arm people in school. So it this should be a fascinating conversation. Dave Nabbity, Peter Brown, and Scott Voorhees will be right back.
2: This is KFAB's Morning News Saturday with Dave Nabbity.
1: You know, I have the black sweater. That's right. I, I got the gray logo. I got the gray shirt behind it. Um, I've got the black shoes. I also have a black belt.
0: My word. Now, hey. that, 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 I do know that rule. You're supposed to, if you wear a belt, it's supposed to match your shoes, right?
1: Yeah. Now yeah, yeah, yeah. what about the metals? What have I told you about the metals?
0: Metals. Silver and gold is is what what's the rule? You don't mix
1: you don't mix silver you don't put a silver watch on if you have a gold belt. Oh buckle.
0: well yeah, that stands to reason. Right? That's, That's okay, good. Okay, but what do I
1: got here? Ooh,
0: you've got that gold gold watch, gold belt.
1: Yeah, but it's silver. Oh what? See, I got silver in the watch, but I got black on the face of the watch with some gold. And the gold in the watch goes with the gold in the ring.
0: I saw gold in the watch. So it all
1: comes together. Now, somebody that knows something about having it all tight and all together in uniform (laughs) is a guy named Tom Brewer, Colonel Tom Brewer. Hey, there you go. And he's a state senator, but he's also a colonel. I think. uh, Welcome to the show, Tom. Are you with us? What's up, Tom?
3: Uh, yes, I, I'm with you. Um, I'm, I'm just amazed at the detail you guys go into with uh, your now, morning outfits.
1: Now, come on now. Well, if you saw Peter, you'd know why I was talking about it, because this guy's just a, it's, it's a... The light was off when he put his clothes on this morning. But, Tom, you got there's got to be something you could talk about as far as how a soldier's uniform is supposed to be right. What Talk, talk to us. you you got to know something about this.
3: Well you have the whole uh, unit to judge you uh and you don't want to be the guy that uh, is judged poorly uh the military is very strict in how everything looks uh, there there's not uh flexibility with that and so you, you know after these years and years of doing it it's kind of second nature but i noticed the other day i I was critiquing soldiers going by, even though (laughs) it's been a while since I wore the uniform. I don't know. It's just ingrained in you. You you do it right or you don't do it at all.
1: What are some of the fundamentals?
4: Well,
3: uh, of course, I'm old school, so uh, one, of, one of the ones, we always spit-shine boots, which one of the things that was absolutely a waste of time. I don't know why the Army ever did it. I was so glad we went to the brown rough boots because uh, you didn't have to shine anymore. And I'm sure that we've lost a good share of our life shining a stupid boot to get scuffed the first time you <laughs> bump into something. But, uh, you know, it, it, we have changed over the years. When I first started, we had to... Uh, when they talk about breaking starch, breaking starch was, you used to take it, I don't know, they dipped the whole thing in uniform in starch, and they pressed it, and it was like a board. And so you stuck your leg through there and broke the starch,
0: <laughs> and then you
3: wore it around. But never fail. If you were anywhere where it was really hot and muggy, you went out and stood in uniform, waiting for the, the commander, the first sergeant, to tell you what you're going to do for the day, and then the uniform simply wilted on you.
0: <laughs> and...
3: Uh, then you had something that chafed you and well it just left good memories of the military. Oh yeah, so, there, oh, there you go. There.
1: All right, well Tom, listen, you're working on a bill that is going to provide some flexibility with the school districts to be able to protect themselves a little better. Can you uh just give us the outline of that, please?
3: Uh, I can. And and understand it was brought to me by outstate Nebraska because if you look at who has resource officers, police officers in the schools, it is the Class A schools, primarily Lincoln and Omaha. And you get beyond there, there just isn't money in the budget. They made the decision that, you know, key teachers are more important uh, in many cases because they just they don't have enough people to do what they have to do to teach all the courses. So a lot of the schools just had no options because right now Nebraska is so gooned up on how they uh, handle things with security in schools. If you are a police officer, sworn officer in the state of Nebraska, and it is not your duty day to be in that school or you're responding to an incident in school, if you go there, say uh, say Dave is uh, going to pick up his kids It's the end of his duty day, he cannot be on those school grounds armed or it is a felony. And, and it's a it's a dumb law. I don't know who wrote it. Um, you know, BB, before Brewer, this happened. But um, my my intent was to figure out how to bring a little bit of common sense to this. <clears throat> so we wrote a bill, and it does three things. First off, it says if you're a law enforcement officer in the state of Nebraska, you can be on a school arm 24-7, 365, because that's what we hire you to do, and that's what we need there if something should happen. And the yep. other area we looked into... Uh, was our retired police officers? If they keep up all their certifications, then they too would be allowed to be on the school grounds um, for whatever reason. And uh, we just felt that was a that was an asset that uh, is neglected with the new with the rules before that, and now that the rules were trying to change to have them readily available. So, first part of the bill is taking care of law enforcement, saying, "Listen, you guys."
1: Have I mean, the training, could,
3: have the experience, and what could, need you there when times get bad.
1: What could possibly be the downside of a police officer with a firearm picking up a kid in the school? How, could, I, how, does, how do we get so whacked out with, with restrictions like that?
3: Well, as close as I can tell, over the years, there has been legislatures that have been incredibly liberal that have made some really horrible decisions. And uh, there was a period uh, that they passed a lot of laws that were very restrictive of law enforcement, and, and we're trying to loosen them up because our thought was we are never going to be able to afford um, resource officers in schools and sergeant or Cody or places like that. But yet the other part of this gooned up, long with the Nebraska schools is that you cannot have anyone armed in a school for any reason. Well, so we won't we won't resource you to have a police officer in a school and we won't allow you to have anyone armed. Well after the incident in Iowa it was obvious that you know small schools, big schools, anybody can have things happen and if nobody reacts, uh the FBI says says response time is 10 to 15 minutes on on your average on incidents. Well, imagine if you're in Cody, Nebraska, and you know it's 45 miles for law enforcement to get there. It's going to be 30 minutes or more. Well, there's a lot of really bad things that happen in a matter of seconds, let alone minutes. So we wanted to give the schools options. And so what we did is we looked at uh, how can we – make sure that the school has the ability to protect itself, but yet do it safely. And we did not want to arm teachers necessarily. Now, I think in some cases, schools may have a former military or law enforcement that works there as a teacher, and they would be, you know, an easy fit for this.
1: Now, honestly, what would be wrong with arming a teacher if they've been through firearms training and they've, you know, they've been vetted as somebody who's a veteran or I mean, a veteran of the school system, so they know them. I mean, what would be the harm in that?
3: Well, <laughs> I'm sure if you asked the teachers union, they would they would have a book full of them. But we we sat down and looked at okay, what are the things that you have to do to make sure that if you're going to arm someone, you think through all of those 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 touch points that might be a, a critical issue. So we looked at the personal qualifications. So in the bill, we made sure that was part of what they had to do. We looked at training requirements, made sure that was what they had to do, uh, Look at appropriate firearms and ammunition so that you don't have overpenetration of bullets, and then to make sure that they understand very clearly what the appropriate use of force is. So all of that is in there. And then also we looked at issues like, okay, how do you make sure that um, that firearm never has a chance to fall into the wrong hands. And so there we went through and looked at biometric boxes. So um, Dave has his his box. Uh, His farm is secured in it. It is secured uh, within his classroom or wherever they designate that to be. Because, remember, this could be your janitor. could be your principal. That's up to the school. But um, only his fingerprints can release the the opening of that box. So that, that secures it. Uh then we had to look at okay, if we're gonna have this policy, who should have the authority to determine whether or not that school has the ability to arm individuals? And we decided that this is this is a no brainer. Let it be the school board in conjunction with the administration. And and we did this because we knew the Omaha and Lincoln schools would fight this tooth and nail because they already have resource officers, and sure enough they came to the hearing and they 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 threw a fit and, and raised all kind of cane over the deal. And yet all of the out-state schools come and said, please give us an opportunity. It may be something our school board decides we don't need, but that's local control. Yeah. It,
1: see?
3: I mean, make, and, it, and,
1: and, make it available across the state, and then the school boards that don't want to do it, don't do it. Right.
3: Exactly. And that's the way we wrote the bill. And that's really what's put them in a box on this, because if they go and stand on the floor of the unicameral, because it's out of committee now, and they fight it, it means that they want to make sure that other schools that are poor and don't have the ability to have resource officer are not going to have anything. And, it, and, and that puts you in a box, because now that's a very selfish way of looking at things.
1: Well, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, one thing that goes through my mind, and this might not be right But if you got west of Grand Island and you counted the number of firearms that were in a home as a percentage of the population, wouldn't it be higher in central and western Nebraska than it would be in eastern Nebraska? You understand my question?
3: Oh, I do. I, I think I think you may have misjudged that number. I think we keep more in our vehicles than most people keep in their homes here. But
1: <laughs> well, that, yeah. okay. So I guess my thought was you, there would, as a percentage of the population, and and guns as far as a percentage of the households, you have a higher concentration of guns probably in the central and western part of the state, so that that you could maybe conclude there might be a higher risk. So if that's true, you definitely need to have these schools have the ability to have people in there that are armed. You, you understand what I'm saying?
3: I, I do. And, if, you,
1: if, if you have you a know, meth head or a crackhead kid that grabs daddy's gun and goes, tries to shoot up a school because he got picked on the, last, you know, the day before, I, I don't know. It makes well, a lot of sense to me.
3: The challenge we have as you go out state Nebraska, my brother's the sheriff in, in Sheridan County. So I had a chance to talk to him and he goes, listen, here's here's our biggest challenge. If we have a juvenile with mental health problems, we have nowhere to take him. He goes, we we, we used to be able to take him to Scottsboro. We can't anymore. We used to be able to take him to Carney. We can't anymore. He goes, we can take him to Lincoln or Omaha at a risk that we drive a deputy and a, and a cruiser all the way there, kill three days. And then find out that they too won't take them, and we have to return them. And then our choices are leave them in a jail cell indefinitely until we figure out what we're going to do, and a judge has a an opportunity to sort it out. Um, but usually, that takes someone with mental health problems and only makes them worse. Oh, sure. So yep. and, you know, this is not a part of the bill, but in, indirectly, at some point, we got to figure out how to take the the mental health issues with juveniles and weave them into some way to identify them and and make sure that they receive some type of uh attention because uh if you look at these school shootings in many cases it is individuals that are that are just messed up ahead of time and they know it and everybody cases,
1: knows it you know there's a yeah, ton of people just... that know it so all right so anyway, we got there's... we got about a minute tom um just give us what do you need from us? If you had a call to action from the public, what would it be?
3: Well, there's a third part of the bill, which is the mapping program that simply tells you where in the school. So think of an Amber Alert that goes to law enforcement, federal, state, local. Says this is a school, this is the location of the school. So you you have the the getting law enforcement back that can be there 24-7. You've got arming of the designated individuals and all the training and things that go with that, and then you have the mapping program. Uh, this bill will be coming to the fore probably in the next, uh, I don't know, a week or so. Uh, depends on how the budget kind of goons things up here. But it's coming. I think it will pass because it just puts them in such an awkward position to say, listen, I don't care. Uh, I hate guns, but... Uh, I don't want to see kids safe. I mean, you, you can't you can't mix the two and be very honorable in how you go about that. So I think let the bill come. I will fight the good fight on that like I did constitutional carry, and, and I think we'll get it through. I, I think uh, if you have nothing else, I'll put some senators in headlocks and I'll make them see the world the way I do. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so bottom go.
1: line, call your state senator, have them support bill. It's uh, What's the number of the bill again?
3: The bill is LB... Uh, 1339
1: Okay, thank you so much for calling. It's always great to have you on the program, Tom. Uh God bless you. And all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to another state senator who wants to remove my ability to live in a tent in the park. What? Well,
0: we we got to we got to hash it
1: out with I, him. And what in the world? I mean, when Mrs. Nabbs gets mad and she kicks me out of the house, what else am I going to exactly. do?
0: Exactly. Where else are you going to go?
1: Okay, so uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Mike Mike McDonald is going to be coming on talking about that. So it's going to be good. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back.
2: This is KFAB's Morning News Saturday with Dave Navity. So there's this mean-spirited
1: state senator from um, kind of the South Omaha area of the city. I'll oh, just
0: wait till I get a hold of him, man. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah,
1: I think he would give body slam you big what, time. Oh, uh, yeah, you don't want to mess with this guy. Oh, he's going to put me in and the tent. He's, he's promoting a bill LB-1357 which, like I said before we went to the break, if Mrs. Nabbs kicks me out of the house, which she does regularly, I have to have a place to go stay. So a, a tent in the park is, you know, or in the city or whatever, I mean, that's important to me and... Uh, Senator Mike McDonald, how, how could you dare take that right away from me?
4: Good morning, and thanks for having me on the show. Uh, <laughs> LB-1357, uh, LB I, I had a number of, of people uh, approach me, business owners, homeowners. um and Hanson's been real, extremely helpful. Um, and the, the issue was, okay, so you have uh, a growing homelessness problem, and at the same time, we don't. We want to help people and make sure they get the access to the services they need. Because um, there's a lot of people that are homeless with mental health issues, with drug alcohol issues, and and we want to make sure that we get them uh, the the opportunity for that help. But at the same time, we don't want to end up like San Francisco or or Denver. So how can we do that in a way where we don't have uh, John Doe setting up camp in front of a bakery, um, disrupting business, and it's. It's always number one about uh, public safety. And so the idea is that we have someone in, in uh, setting up camp and, and uh, they, they want help, they can go to 1702 Nicholas and, and the Francis House. But also, it would give the city a chance to designate a certain area where, and I describe it uh, kind of like a FEMA setup where you have a natural disaster and you bring in those basic services to try to get these people help that have a designated area. Where they could go um, if there's not enough room in the shelters.
0: Right. So, the the key part of all this, I think, and I'll clarify this with you, but this bill's for the unhoused homeless, right? So, these are people who have, for whatever reason, declined to stay mm-hmm. at places like uh, the Francis House or uh, the, some of the other shelters around town. So, we have, you've set aside, this bill would set aside specific areas and then they would give access or we would provide access and make sure these areas are close to. Uh, places like you said can provide, provide mental health
4: care, medical care, and stuff like that. Yeah, it definitely prohibits certain areas with signage and communication to people. You cannot camp here, but then would also give the uh, opportunity to the city to say, okay, you can go to this place, uh, you know, on city X, um, and you can you can camp there. But there's also would be services. There for people to try to help them, so it, it doesn't mandate to the city, but it sure gives them the opportunity to have another tool in the toolbox to try to solve the problem.
1: Well, there's uh, in um, the Nebraska Examiner interviewed Kurt Trevetti, who owns apartment buildings and hotels in the vicinity of where this encampment was, and he says, "Hey, I'm losing my livelihood because of the homeless neighbors." who he said defecate in public, expose themselves, and harass workers and break into cars. No, no problem he, there, he right?
4: He was one of the, the, the business owners that approached me. And he, of course, definitely wants to try to help these people that, that, that need help. But at the same time, you're, you're absolutely correct that it's, it's disrupting his business. And, again, if he goes out of business uh, based on, on the idea of these activities, then I think we have failed as a city.
1: So, okay, what's the, what's the pathway to success here?
4: Currently, um, we had the hearing, and, and I appreciate everyone that, that came down to testify. Uh, you know, proponents, opponents, um, that's part of the process. Now, who, it's, it's Who's against this?
1: Mike, who would be it, against this?
4: Well, there, there's people saying that you're trying to um, criminalize, criminalize uh, homelessness, and that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to say there's no help or services in those tents. Hmm. We have to do this in a different way. you know, there's that old saying: you know, "Don't be too proud to steal good ideas." Well, also learn from other people's mistakes. And I think other cities are not approaching this right. And so, some people are are trying to say that's that's not uh, that's criminalizing homelessness. No, the idea is to try to get people to the help they need. But again, they're going to have to cooperate, um, and they cannot camp in certain areas. And if the city would designate another area for them to camp. That that would be fine, but we got to always look at public safety first.
1: Well, okay, excuse me, but if some a homeless guy comes on my property and puts up a tent, and decides he wants to squat on my property, I can arrest that sucker and kick him off. So yeah, you can call the
4: police, and that's that's trespassing. Right now, in the state of Nebraska, state property is covered, county property is covered but city property is, is not covered. Oh,
1: okay. Well, so, that guys makes who, sense.
0: so guys who apparently dress like me uh, <laughs> <laughs> are coming up, and they can park wherever on the city property, and that's what this bill would change? Yes. Okay.
1: Okay, so um, what do you need from the public? What, what, what can we... Pro- well, I, I mean,
4: if you could please contact the members of the Judiciary Committee and encourage them to uh, uh, please uh, vote yes. And I'm, I'm always willing to work with the, the committee members if they got ways to to improve on the legislation. That's part of the process. But yeah, please uh, please contact the members of the judiciary committee. And again, it's not a mandate to the city. It's a it's an option for the city, so it gives them another tool to try to solve this problem. Gives
1: them a little bit of a legal protection. Now I'm going to shift gears on you a little bit. If you don't know much about this, don't worry about it. But I I saw where Megan Hunt is promoting a bill that makes sure there's a bunch of clean needles out there for drug users and uh, so they don't spread disease. Um, do you have any take on that?
4: Yeah, I, I told Senator Hunt that I would, I would support it. Uh, I think she's worked uh, uh, hard on this bill and, and tried to communicate with all the senators um, the importance and why she's, she's trying to help. And um, I, I told her I would support the bill.
1: Okay, Mike, I have a hard time getting my head around this. If you got people that are drug addicts and they're destroying themselves, uh, whether they have a clean needle or a dirty needle, at the end of the day, is isn't it irrelevant because they're going to end up killing themselves anyway?
4: Well, and, and the idea that if you look at you know trying to stop um, the, the spread of, of any disease um, and trying to to isolate it, of course, and not let not maybe not the next person would therefore get that um it feels like we're enabling them
1: i guess is what i'm saying it just feels like okay you got a drug problem here take some clean needles and just keep going
4: yeah and i don't think that would be the approach would be still you want to try to get these people help and make sure that they have an opportunity to hopefully um, you know overcome their addiction but in that process trying not to spread it to another individual
1: all right. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on the program. I called you short notice last night, and really appreciate your feedback. So, the Judiciary Committee—is that what it is?
4: Yeah, the Judiciary Committee. If people could contact them, and how do you find can- those folks? Uh, the vote, yes.
1: How do you find them? Um, can you go you online? Can look
4: it up on the legislative website? And- okay. And every senators, every all forty-nine of us are, are there, and their contact members for their office and their staff.
1: Okay. That's perfect. All right. Thanks so much, Mike. Have a great weekend.
4: Thank you. Thank you. You bet.
1: So, uh, I mean, the last thing in the world we want to do is have Omaha start, ena- Omaha start enabling these people, and we end up like what we see in California. Exactly. Are you kidding? No, me? I
0: just came from L.A., and, and you've got to realize this place. I mean, you go three blocks, and the neighborhood will completely change. I mean, you go three blocks, and go from Country Club Boulevard to just a really seedy-looking neighborhood, and that, and it's, and it's, you know, there are certain dynamics going on in L.A. where that's um, it's more conducive to that. But at the same time, LA and these cities like San Francisco is literally crumbling in on itself because they have been debilitated by this problem. And I believe that this particular issue, and we talked about the homeless thing, but like you said, we've got we, to figure out some way to not just give away free needles to drug users. I mean, like, exactly like you said, we're enabling them to just continue on with their drug problem. There's no, there's, we're not addressing that at all. Yeah. We're just addressing the fact that there's chances they could spread to other people who have the same problem. It's just interesting that this would be a solution that she would come up yeah. with.
1: Yeah, well, anyway, good intentions, I guess. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about a couple of the top national news um Headlines, so don't go away. Dave Nabody here, Peter Brown, 1110 KFAB.
2: This is KFAB's Morning News Saturday with Dave Nabody on News Radio 1110 KFAB.
1: So, you know, the, the story about this Georgia student who got killed by an illegal immigrant. Uh, the mayor of Athens, Georgia, decided to do a press conference and talk about how um, basically this is Trump's fault. Let's, let's listen to this for a sec. While well, 2019 was not that long ago. You might remember the dynamic we were living in, in the late teens in this
5: country, where you had the president of the United States speaking in the most
3: vile terms about people who were foreign-born. And you had
1: that notion oh, metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. Sanctuary City doesn't track with either of those. Anyway, yes, I just I wanted to, I just wanted you to hear that small piece of it because uh, what ends up happening is some guy in a goofy hat, not like my hats, a goofy hat, starts shouting down the guy, and it was just ridiculous. The, what he was shouting was accurate, but you can't do that and have any credibility at a press conference. But this guy's basically saying uh, Donald Trump's hate caused a uh, outcry in the public and for some somehow some way he stitches together that it's it's trump fault that these illegal aliens are in this country killing people.
0: Oh, this person was detained and released pending further immigration. It, pretty much red tape let him go free. Pretty much the the inability for our immigration processes to be functional let this man go free and have the opportunity to drag this lady She's a young nursing student from Georgia, running in the morning, taking her morning run. She's dragged off the path into the woods, and terrible things are happening, or are committed. And it's just unbelievable that this could even this could even happen. Scott, I'm drawing
1: a, a blank. There's a new term now for these people. It's not illegal immigrant. It's not... What, what's, Undocumented? No, it's well, like in, they're um, uh, displaced... Yeah. people or something i forget displaced what
0: the, individuals or something you No, know, they're they're awaiting their asylum hearing but because of the backlog you know, for the asylum courts it's five to seven years before you're back in a courtroom so right now you're released into the country however you want to encapsulate that in the term is i
1: there's a one word term they're using now to make it look like these people are just they're they're just uh travelers that just happen to you know basically be here yeah, the babylon travelers. you know the babylon b sure uh the they put out a headline that says, "Police warn women not to jog within two thousand miles of an open border." Oh my word, that is so savage! <laughs> I, is
0: that the that truth, is though? So savage, my. I goodness. mean,
1: that's basically it. Uh, don't, yeah, don't jog <laughs> within two thousand miles they of a never border. Miss.
0: Oh my word, that is so accurate, and that's and that's the situation we find ourselves in. We're we're at a situation where we're like, well, it's your fault. You shouldn't have gotten in the way of these people. They're uh, yeah. they're clearly so harmless that. if you— <laughs> If you get if you get near him, then you'll be harmed.
1: Here's another one: Progressives open suicide hotline that tells people to go ahead and kill themselves, so long as it's for Palestine. Oh my!
0: <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: If it's Palestine, go set yourself on that's, fire, no that's problem. Right, that's right. It's, no problem. Uh, that's an honorable thing. Here's to do. another good one: Hunter Biden is jealous after Don Jr. receives envelope of white powder. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness. Isn't that perfect? That is so funny. So that that's a whole other thing. When did that happen? It was just uh it was it wasn't actually uh poison. It was just it was just a fake one.
1: Yeah, it's my understanding. Yeah, it yeah. was
0: just a, it was a threat. That's so funny. So, Everybody's here's another like, "Hey, where can I get some of that?"
1: Here's another headline. Kellogg's, the CEO of Kellogg's okay. is very very concerned about the dietary issues that the public have oh. with with inflation and the cost of food.
0: Yeah, I can imagine how he would- So,
1: his um his uh, message is, uh, he suggests families suffering from inflation should eat Fruit Loops or Honey Smacks for dinner.
0: Because <laughs> that's the cheap nutritional way. And he
1: says, it's, he claims that cereal uh, for, for dinner is trending.
0: Oh, that's actually true. I, he's not lying there. So you serious? I am cereal for supper. Yeah, it's the whole thing. That, it, that it is,
1: sugar, crappy, worthless food. is- Well, hey, I'd argue
0: that grape nuts and stuff like that's more delicious than these like sweetie cereals. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah I yeah. agree.
1: I mean, if he was, if he had a keto brand <laughs> that he <laughs> yeah. was, you know, they've something got like these that. keto cereals or things oh, yeah? that are you know good whole grains and those sorts of things. If we were promoting something like that, then I could. You're on board. Yeah, but.
0: Don't give them your money fruit just for loops? Fruit Loops. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's no, disgusting. Hey, we had a rule in our house growing up that those sweet cereals were like dessert. We weren't we weren't allowed to touch those for breakfast.
1: All right, one other did... head one other headline I want to cover here is: Do you know who Lisa Murkowski is? Lisa, no. She's a senator, a Democrat senator. Okay, okay. She's just endorsed Nikki Haley. Really? Now, why does that chat my hide? It's like a raspberry seed in my wisdom tooth. Here we go again. Uh, Do you know why? I don't know why. Because Nikki Haley's going into these elections where Democrats can cross over and vote for a Republican in the primary, and she's leveraging off the Democrats to try to make herself look bigger than she really is. I I I just I told you I do not like her, and I haven't liked her Uh, from the minute she started calling people scum and stuff like that that challenged her. So now she's proud of having the endorsement of Lisa Murkowski. Alrighty,
0: well, it's a loss. It's been a lost cause for six months, so I'm not really sure. What but
1: she's got plenty of money, and uh, the progressive uh, Republicans and and the the crowd that wants her to just to chip away and make Trump look bad, they they keep funding her money.
0: Well, we'll see what happens then.
1: All right. Well, listen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got Brinker Harding coming on, this Omaha City Council member. I have as uh, my guest this morning, Brinker Harding, who's on the City Council. And um, I like to have Brinker on just to kind of get caught up. I get so focused on all the things that are happening nationally that it's like, okay, what, what's what's going on locally? Good morning, Brinker. Good morning. Hey, uh, you got to tell, tell everybody what you do for a living. What's your real job?
5: My real job. Uh, I am a commercial real estate broker with uh, Colliers here in Omaha, and I've been doing that for I think about twenty-four years now. What'd you do before? Worked for Hal Dobb.
1: Oh, that's right. Duh.
5: I worked. Uh, so I, I worked for Hal. Um, actually, originally on his campaign uh, for mayor back in '94. So when he took office in '95, I was his economic development director, and then. Um, Moved into the chief of staff position when Steve Kupka left to run for Congress. And uh, then left in 2000. And one of the things, I know this sounds a little corny, but in in working for the city, I I mean, I had a a unique and and really appreciated experience um, working for Hal in the city at the time. So many things were happening then. Oh, yeah. Which I really think you see those, I, I call them the building blocks for what's happened Happening and happened so far in downtown with the new Riverfront Park and the Arena Convention Center and Gallup and, and Union Pacific and, you Mutual know, of Omaha First National Bank. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were all the building blocks um, that, you know, that are, have been built on or continue to be built on that we see all this development happening in our downtown core.
1: I I uh, I look at Hal Dobb today and he doesn't age. <laughs> you notice that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, he looks exactly like he did 15, 20 years ago. I can't believe it.
5: He does. I I, I don't know what his secret is, but I'd sure like to find
0: out. He's going to drop that it, skincare routine, I guess. I
5: yeah. think he's got one of
1: those hyperbolic <laughs> chambers or yeah. something. <laughs> hey, in his. Yeah.
0: No, That's a, that's something we could talk about is all this anti-aging stuff that that's trying to yeah. That's not local
1: at all. Yeah, also. we'll save that <laughs> yeah. for, a, for another show. Not so, my area of expertise. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. talk to me about what should I give a rip about as far as what's going on in the city right now? I know there's still gnashing of teeth on the streetcar, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. but let's, uh, let's go down the list. Let's talk the hot-button items.
5: Well, I think there's so many great things happening in our city right now, Dave. Um, one of the things I, I think is a uh, reason for that is, honestly, how we came out of COVID. I think that the city and, and the current mayor uh, and her administration did a fantastic job of managing through that period of time and, and being in a position then to, you know, to hit the ground running, if you will, um, to, to take advantage of, uh, you know, the, the economy. We're, look, we're in competition with every other city in the country, both for people, for jobs, for, for business. And I think the way that Omaha has been positioned and taken advantage of, of that has really put us in in a great position to to continue to grow and move forward. And a lot of that not only is Okay, is, so
1: all of that's cosmic to the average dude sitting at home drinking his coffee and trying to figure out how to whip his eggs. Okay. So so <laughs> put that come on, give me put some meat on that bone.
5: <laughs> well, I, I I think it's what we're seeing happen at
1: Like what? I mean, I come, mean you, how do you evaluate that we're doing better than other cities and all that? I mean, come on. What is it? Are you In talking the about – Yeah, are you talking about, what well, we got more businesses coming here where our tax revenues are way up because we got all this growth, but the, the downtown area is just got so much going on that the sales well, not, tax yeah, revenues yeah. are going off the charts. Come on, put some meat on the bone.
5: All right. Well, we the, the answer is yes to, to some of those, and but one of the things that we have to do, and maybe that's a little bit of how we segue into something that we we're going to talk about today was that these – um the um the dwelling units um that we need to grow our tax base and again that's back to the the point of competition we need to be able to grow our tax base
1: well we're not and part of that is our national image of Nebraska being one of the highest tax states in America doesn't mm-hmm. help no now it thank not. God Pillen is doing a lot of things to try to turn things around mm-hmm. so hopefully that'll that'll be a, a big deal but I, I
5: I, I agree with you. I mean, we we have to look, and I know that we're kind of going to mix some state and city issues here. But the, the on the state level, we I mean, we have to do something about our taxes and and specifically property taxes. And and to the point where, you've talked about Governor Pillen addressing those. If if we don't get something out of the unicameral this session, um, I know this is nowhere where we're probably going to be talking about, but. And I don't know your position on on epic tax, but I think if if we don't get something out of the the session this um, this year, and epic gets on a ballot, I I think it's it it, it will be tough to defeat that issue. And I think that the epic tax, albeit well intentioned, is not a good solution for the state of Nebraska. Uh, give everybody yeah. an yeah. idea what the, the epic tax? tax. It's basically a consumption tax. So. Okay. Property taxes would go away, and then you would be taxed on, if you will, kind of first generation purchases. So you would then, and and services. So you would be taxed on, uh, you know, like your dentist bill or your, um, your office visit to, you know, your dermatologist or your attorney or your CPA. But it would also include home purchases. And car purchases, and when you're talking about a twenty percent or somewhere in that neighborhood tax on those purchases, that's a huge dollar amount. To to you know, and the but the the argument for, as I understand it, for those that are proponents of EPIC is, you know, if they if they're going up to you to get a petition signed to get it on a state ballot, is hey if. I, do you want your property taxes to go away? Sign here. I mean, that's, yeah, but yeah. not knowing what the yeah, the right. backside of that argument is, I think is a little disingenuous. All,
1: all we got to do is follow what the the most tax efficient states in America have done: to, to design their tax codes and not reinvent the wheel. We've just needed a governor that had the courage to do it and lead it, and Pillin does. So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm hopeful with that. Now, um,
5: by the way, let me just close out. I'm I'm a big proponent of you know some of the. You know, those that don't um, get taxed for some of the, the, you know, those that are exempted, I think are, if we would get away with a lot of those exemptions, we would be in a hell of a lot better, excuse me, we would be in a lot better position.
1: A hell of a lot better position? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Yeah. All right. So, come on. Let's Let's get back to city now. Talk to me. What's going on here that I ought to care about? I'm going to talk to you about streetcars, okay. uh, uh, But I'll, let's let's save that for a little bit later. Um, what it, you know, what's going on with Mutual of Omaha's building?
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming out of the ground. Um, if you drive downtown and, and you see that construction, um, it's it's amazing to have another corporate investor in, in the downtown area. A little bit back to to that what I was talking about earlier is that. You really need to have a, a solid um, central core in order to grow a city. You can't have – and that was kind of a little bit of, of Hal's philosophy back in the, the late 90s was that if you had, if you had a, a, a donut hole, if you will, it's hard for the rest of the city to grow. And if you have a good solid downtown, a solid central core, it gives the ability for the rest of the, the city to grow. So how, how does that relate to mutual bumpa? So, Mutual of Omaha has now made the investment to to build their new corporate headquarters downtown, and I know a lot of people say, "Well, you know, why would they? Why would someone do something like that with, you know, new new business environments?" And and well, they already got schedules?
1: a big building now.
5: Well, they do, but they've got a big campus
1: actually at, at
5: you know approximately 30th and and Farnham and Dodge. But a lot of the the facilities there especially the building on on the Dodge side is it, it's just past its useful life it's been renovated so many times and the the building systems just aren't you know, to is, to do that again, to continue to reinvest in that building is just pouring money down so the it, drain.
1: Is, okay, so the intention is then to tear that down after they build the new one.
5: That will be up to whoever the developer is for for that project. But I would, you know, I would suggest that you know the useful life useful life of that building is you know certainly for an office development or office if use they if done. they
1: do that isn't that going to release the wild kingdom in the city of omaha there's going to be a lot of a lot of problems a, of a jumanji yeah, situation think, there uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're, i
5: don't i don't think there are any elephants or giraffes no. there anymore.
1: i'm worried about the lions no, that's. Uh, so okay so that's going up um I had somebody call me all upset about the fact that you guys were going to change the ordinances to allow people to put secondary buildings on their properties so that they could have tenants and things like that, and it was going to, it was going to harm residential areas. And uh, that person isn't on today. I wanted to get them on, but what what are they talking about?
5: Well, they're talking about something called an accessory dwelling unit or an ADU. And it's, it's interesting. So if, if you think about what an ADU is, we, we actually have some in existence today. There's, there's a process by which you could um, go through to get approval to do an ADU currently today.
1: Let's, uh, uh, let's hold that thought. I, We're going to take a break. Okay. And, folks, uh, if Harvey's sleeping, Mabel, just kick him because he's going to learn about an ADU. This is going to be life changing. We'll be right back.
2: This is KFAB's Morning News Saturday with Dave Navity on News Radio 1110 KFAB.
1: Brinker Harding joining us who's on the city council and he's going to educate us on what an accessory dwelling unit is. And
0: what the big deal
5: about it is, my goodness. Yes. First of I all, think did you like my backup singing on that? Oh, oh yeah, that was, that was, that was great. wonderful.
1: So, <laughs> I, I think it. i tell you what an ADU is. An ADU okay. is is where I have a, a garage in the back of my yard, and I got just enough room to slide maybe a single bed up above it, and and uh, you, I'm going to allow 10 uh, people from Ecuador uh, to move in and live in that garage and raise hell in my neighborhood. For That's what it interest. is. That's what it is. Breaker, am I right?
5: You're wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? well it, it's some people it, I guess you could think of it in these terms they exist in Omaha today in certain areas what we're doing is amending the ordinance that allows for them but in old, some of the older areas of town you might have like a, a to your point for example maybe over a garage there was a you know a, a a room or a carriage house where it was basically kind of an apartment you had you know plumbing and everything was to code but
1: that's where you kept your crazy uncle
5: that's where yeah that's uh well you could probably do that with uh, the ADUs i guess but the ADU really is um so first of all to give you a little background on why we're doing this so the state required the city to come up with a housing action plan to address in part uh the the lack of housing um and all, all ranges is housing, you know, uh, moderate workforce uh, housing in the city. And so we had to file a, a, a plan with the state. And in part was one of those was to address that area was to look at the, the ADUs or the, the ordinance that covered the accessory dwelling units. And it's a, it's a way um, and it's it's all it's by ordinance. There are zoning codes to be met. Um, but it's it's a way that you could have either an attached, detached, or in structure um, mm-hmm. additional dwelling unit for it could be for uh, a loved one who's who you want who's aged out who doesn't want to have individual ownership but you want to keep them close and it, it's a way. And for- we can't
1: do it now. Why do you need something new? Why, I mean, why couldn't I have just done it before?
5: Well, because you. you you weren't allowed to do it before because the ordinance wouldn't allow you to do it.
0: So you this could apply. Gives, you this, could you could apply for um, in certain exceptions then, in case or or what was the what was the uh, how could we do this before the way um,
5: you could do it before you had to you still there were certain setback requirements okay, there were okay. certain things that had to be and there were certain zone, there were certain um, zoning. Areas that you are not allowed to do it in. So this this gives you the ability and it's not going to first of all Like I said, you could you can do this today There have been very few applications ever to, to do these. I think there's mm-hmm. been something on the books since um, I believe it was the 70s Most recently though, there was a there was a, a an ordinance change or an amendment when we did the transit oriented development zoning which is along the orbit line, basically along Dodge Street, that allowed you to be able to do these accessory dwelling units. But this then takes it kind of a, a step further to allow for it in other areas as well. But So you see it as a positive? I do. Um, I, I do see it as a positive. What I would also tell you is I don't see that it, it certainly is not going to – Accomplish or it, it, the the housing or lack of housing stock that we have mm-hmm. or need, it's just another tool or an opportunity for people to be able to use yeah. this ordinance if they so desire. I would also tell you certainly two things. One is the the cost of these is pretty high. I mean, it's it, it will be expensive to do because you still have to meet you know certain codes, certain you know zoning and and those will not be uh, you know those will not be eased in order to be able to do right. this you have so, to have you have to have it approved by the city by right it would be allowed within certain zoning jurisdictions so if you will I'm going to get a little technical here but in R5 and above or or more intense zoning so R5 R6 it would be allowed by right but you still need to pull a building permit to make sure that it Complies with mm-hmm. the setbacks, the you know all the the fire codes. The, no one's building ramshackle homes, yeah. No, absolutely not.
1: Can I can I use this to imprison my crazy brother-in-law?
5: Uh, you certainly could. You sound like put, you have a lot of sound, interesting yeah, relatives there, yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you put, got, you got your uncle, your brother-in-law? <laughs> Actually, Dave, from what I heard you say earlier too. It might be a good place for your wife to send you to. Everyone, <laughs> no around. kidding. Exactly. I won't Sounds need. Like you well, might be the crazy brother in Since, since actually. they're
1: going to take away my tent city when she kicks me out, <laughs> yeah, I guess you know. Yeah, exactly. The only
5: thing I can do is. But let me go back to it because I know there are certain people thinking oh, these are going to pop up all over. They're going to be shacks. They they aren't, and and they're as I said they'll be allowed by right, but they have to comply by you know all the the zoning, in certain, in in those zoning jurisdictions. In in R one, which is kind of your large single family in R two, R three, R four, they they have to go through a what's called a conditional use permit to be approved. So okay. that has to be you know vetted by the planning department and then approved by the Omaha Planning Board. It doesn't come to the city council at that point because a conditional use permit is stops when it's approved by or not approved by by the planning board.
1: Okay, we got about four minutes left. Okay, I want to know why we need a stinking streetcar that's going to go twenty blocks back and forth.
0: <laughs> yes, let's dive into this. Let's get into the why the heck gray. do we need a stinking? <laughs> those
1: orbit
5: buses have nobody on them. That's a totally; that, those are totally two different <laughs> arguments. Okay, well, and, tell me. Come on, convince that, me. This is not. What's the deal? This is four not minutes? a transit <laughs> solution. Orbit or that or our mass transit is a. Tra- that's a transit solution. Orbit is. For what? Well, I, I, for
1: two people that go back and forth to downtown <laughs> Omaha? Go the, to that streetcar.
5: The streetcar street street is not a transit solution.
1: Well, 20 blocks, 20 stinking blocks. So right? what, what Am is I going to drive its to 33rd I would tell you, and get out of my it's vehicle? More about,
5: and, it's more about the development that occurs around the streetcar and not so much about the streetcar itself. I know that that sounds odd to say it that way. But it's the development around the streetcar line that that is the true benefit of the streetcar.
1: Okay, so what you what you just said is there's all these apartments and all these things being built around the streetcar that mm-hmm. people are going to want to hop, that live there are going to want to hop on the car, go downtown, go to this, go to that, and then hop back and, and come right back. Is that what you're saying? I see saying? what you're saying,
0: though, because especially what you're saying, the no, development I'm- downtown with the soccer stadium and the new— uh, mutual mutual of Maha, Omaha for, and, and all the, all the stuff that's yeah. going on. There's no parking infrastructure there for uh, extra for all
5: this. But but, but going to parking
1: downtown for that big building, aren't they?
5: Yeah, they have parking yeah. for that. But it's a, a, again, it's the the development that occurs around the 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 in ground rail, and and the that property tax base that builds up around it is what pays for it, and. It's it is a it's a, it's really an economic development tool. It's not a transit solution.
1: Like so it's just, basically it's all for tourism.
5: No, it's not all for tourism.
1: Well, I mean, it is in that that people are going to hop on that and go to this and go to that and get back off. That and is a. It's bet- not a commercial. It's not a commercial thing, right? I mean, I, I I'm not going to drive from Elkhorn down to 30th and farnham park there and hop on a street car, going downtown am i you certainly could where am i going to park
5: there there are parking garages all along the route as well too there's one in blackstone that's currently under construction you have the all those that are in midtown Yeah, the yeah. Midtown. so, so it's that a that way i downtown. could avoid
1: having to try to find parking in the old market and exactly. stuff like
5: well, that. that that's one of the benefits of it certainly but it's not again it's you can you can hop on and hop off at, at certain points and 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 move around certainly, but really by having that rail in the ground and the development that occurs around it is what what pays for it. Are we
1: going to see a lot of new things developed along the route? We, uh,
5: yes, absolutely. So the other thing is, we we had an independent um, uh, financial analysis done on the feasibility of, of this. And and the development that would have to occur around to to for the the property tax revenue to help pay for this from TIFF. It's not and, and again, this we're getting or getting <laughs> short on time. So yeah. it's not taxpayer dollars. And the the amount of development, more than a third of the, the the property taxes that are gonna be generated to pay for this are already coming out of the ground.
1: And okay. So, I just have one important question before all we close it. Right. <laughs> Well, if I, if, I, if I park at 33rd and Farnham, and then I get on that streetcar with Mrs. Nabs, <laughs> will it be considered such a rom- romantic experience that my night will turn out wonderful?
5: Dave, I, um, I'm not <laughs> going to speak. I'm not going to speak for your ability to be romantic. Oh, but, that's the one right there. Hey, that's another whole I, th- other I, discussion. Think this, <laughs> I think I don't care if you're on the streetcar or if you're in Paris. I don't know
0: if Mrs. Nabbs is going to be. Really thinking that. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I, think yeah, I, I think the, you know the real romantic wrong, you? gesture here, Dave, but if you take her on those orbit buses, it's just you two. So <laughs> oh, you yeah, Peter. Set up <laughs> a nice little Italian dinner there. And uh, take oh. them downtown to the Italian restaurant. Oh. I, I have to applaud Peter for that. That, <laughs> that, was, was, that was perfect. A good, like, all right. Uh, He'll be here you, all week, right? right? Yeah, <laughs> thanks for being in
1: the studio. I appreciate it very much. Oh, Breaker Harding. Uh, we'll uh, take a break, folks, and then we're going to throw a bunch of hodgepodge stuff at you. So don't go away. Dave Navity, Peter Brown here on eleven ten KFAB. This
2: is KFAB's morning news well with Saturday it. with Dave Navity on News Radio eleven ten KFAB.
1: I want to shift a little bit over to Ukraine and Russia. Hmm,
0: always and, something spicy going on there.
1: Well, you know we've we've uh, watched that. Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. interview which was really really I was really struck by that and and we've listened to uh um Colonel um McGregor I want to say Douglas MacArthur it's du-
0: Yeah literally I, it
1: just it goes the same but uh, what's <laughs> the guy's first name now McGregor is it Doug Douglas McGregor I think it is I think yeah. So so he's talked about the fact that Russia wanted to be in NATO he wanted to be he wanted to play nice they wouldn't let him and then you you end up having uh, all the stuff going on with the ukraine and the corruption going on over there and one of putin's big deals is i don't want nato on my border i i, I you know and if you do there's going to be consequences and so the biden administration's been Pushing that, pushing that. I don't know to what extent the Ukrainians are blackmailing the Bidens because the Ukrainians know about all the corruption that the Bidens were doing. Mm -hmm. And so the Democrats, it seems like they can't throw enough money at the Ukraine on a war that to me is over. And it's been over for a long time.
0: Right. I think, and I'll continue continuing, because we we see these in slightly different ways because we both agree that the Democrats are just completely beholden and bond paid for by the Ukrainians, and they have their number and all the receipts. So the Democrats, we agree, are just very much invested in keeping that the the sympathetic cause for the country. Ukraine, oh my goodness, fly your, fly your flags, you know, all well, this. Well,
1: they've been accused, the Ukraine was accused of being a part of the group that spied on the Trump administration and, and being used by the Democrats to do the dirty work. Absolutely. And the CIA and was all involved in all that. So that's part of the stuff that could be hidden.
0: The Ukrainian government has, before all this took place, was the it was not even disputed that it was the most corrupt government at like in the country and the in nation I should or the, in the world. And this this idea that Ukraine suddenly is now this beleaguered ally that we need to go and rescue is a little laughable. However, we disagree on the fact that Putin is somehow Putin.
1: Oh, quit shit. saying what? Putin. P- P- you got me saying. Putin. <laughs> it ain't Putin.
0: I, I, Vladimir, I just call him my first name. Yeah. Putin, Vladimir Putin. Yeah. So we've got Vladimir, but you, you and I see differently. To where I contend that it's just not, it's not wise to think that this man is somehow having some moral high ground in this situation.
1: I'm with you there too. I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Okay. I'm with you. I. Putin definitely uh, has situational uh, consciousness or conscience. He's got a situational yeah. conscience, right? And I, and I'm with you on that.
0: Okay, because the the, the thing that the, the reason they didn't let him into NATO, and we can talk about the the Clinton administration and all the successive administrations. I think the basic part of it is: do we really want Putin in NATO? I don't think the no, answer. No, I, I, I'm with you,
1: right? But the, the bottom line is, he's a Russian. He cares about Russia and he wants to protect Russia from the evils of what's going on around the rest of the world, according to him. According to right? him, exactly. And one of the things he's clearly said is you better not put NATO in the Ukraine or there's going to be hell to pay number one. And the minute you put soldiers in the Ukraine, then I'm going to go all out. I'm going to go on the offensive, right? So here's an article German Chancellor Scholz stands accused of handing. Russia, a propaganda coup in order to smooth over his own political difficulties as he claims the presence of British and French soldiers are aiding the Ukrainian forces.
0: British and French.
1: He's been accused of abusing intelligence and being uh, uh, a bad ally to angry NATO politicians after his remarks about the level of involvement he claims there is of the British and the French in the deployment of Storm Shadow. Uh, which is basically cruise missiles they've given to the Ukraine, which have been deployed with a devastating effect. So they're putting these new cruise missiles in there. They are having a devastating effect on the Russians. And now this guy saying that there are boots on the ground working with them to do it. Here's an example of what that, that cruise missile looks like. So it's a beast, Hmm. right? So what does Putin say? Russian President Vladimir Putin warned Thursday that Moscow is ready to enter a nuclear conflict with the West if it further interferes with the country's ongoing war with Ukraine. Some European Union members of NATO raised the possibility this week of sending allied troops to the Ukraine to bolster the country's defenses against Russia. With French President Emmanuel Macron going so far as to say (laughs) nothing can be ruled out in ensuring a military victory for Kiev, Putin said during his annual address on Thursday that Russia's nuclear forces are geared up for conflict. Should Western nations send troops to the Ukraine, warning that Moscow is capable of striking them directly? that Moscow's not to be messed with with this stuff.
0: Yes, though I question the benefit to their, to their end of starting a nuclear war. I, this, the, the posturing, yes, I get. Obviously, you want to have a show of strength. But I, I question whether this is a thing where they're willing to... They're already invading Ukraine. <laughs> they're already on the offensive. And yet, to suggest that they would start a nuclear war, should we show signs of any pushback? I'm not sure. But well, I, he- I, I agree with you that they... they They don't mess around.
1: He's saying his nuclear forces are on full combat alert. He started talking about the possibility of deploying NATO military, or he says the West has started talking about the possibility of deploying NATO military contingents in Ukraine, but we remember what happened to those who sent their contingents into the territory of our country once before. Today, any potential aggressors will face far graver consequences. They must grasp that we also have weapons, and yes, they know this, as I have just said, capable of striking targets in their territory. Um, so, anyway, Here's I just where, yeah. my gut. My gut is this is all unnecessary. It's really Wait, is. let's settle this stinking war and get it over with. Uh, let Russia keep what it's got and call it good. I mean, uh, that's my that's, that's heartbreaking.
0: My that's heartbreaking for the people that have died because so many people have. Oh my
1: gosh. But yeah. there's a certain Think point, like that. you said.
0: There's a certain point, like you said. Where's the benefit in trying to get more or resolve when you just know more and more people are going to die? And that's kind of the, that was the Vietnam situation. And here's the thing with this war in Russia and stuff. This all is very eerily similar, and and it reminds me, even though I'm not from the era, the World War II leading up to the World War II situation, when you had a clear dictator, bad man, dangerous guy, very dynamic and polarizing views, coming up, and he was in power in Germany. Now we had and, and the allies i say britain and france had this policy of appeasement right they're like okay we're just trying to avoid war we don't want another world war 1 we're trying to stay out of this we're trying to keep ourselves to keep our noses clean and and hopefully this all just blows over and he's appeased and it's all right well that's kind of seems to be what's happening here with putin because he's had crimea that was 10 years ago and here we are here and now he's saying if you if you show any signs of pushback against my invasion of ukraine that i'm gonna i'm gonna do nuclear war so we're like okay okay we don't want that we don't want that you know yeah but i don't
1: see him he's not taking jews and throwing them in concentration camps and killing them and all that kind it's not the it's not the same kind of thing but um when we come back i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to you a little bit about the brilliance of our own military here in the united states i hope it's not sarcasm (laughs) uh no i'm never sarcastic never never, ever all right we'll be right back
2: this is kfab's morning news saturday with dave nabody
1: the army is redefining widespread personnel shortages as exactly what we need to make mission Downsizing its force from 494,000 to 470 soldiers by fiscal year 2029, the Army claims it's preparing its fighting force for future wars. The 24,000-person reduction is being touted as serving to restructure the largely unmanned hollow force structure and build new formations equipped with new capabilities needed for large-scale combat operations and high state, uh, a high state of readiness. Ironically, the re- with continued recruiting shortfalls in recent years, the Army is also claiming that restructuring effort will the, re- the effort will help build back its end strength. Over the last two fiscal years, the Army missed its recruiting goals by an eye opening twenty six thousand recruits, huh. almost the same number that it's now claims is inten- right. it's intentionally cutting. something's, <laughs> something's not. The 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 jab forcing the vaccine right, exactly, and that then all these all these woke policies that have been messing up the uh, the whole recruiting. I mean,
0: <laughs> well, I'd hate to have recruitments uh, that the, the the lack of recruitments contribute to a, a, a continuation of the policy where they're trying to cut down on manpower and makes make things even more mechanized uh, than they already are. Right?
1: So. Uh, Along those lines, Argentina announced on Tuesday that President Javier Milei ordered a ban on the use of leftist inclusive language across all public administrative <laughs> offices and documents. The announcement was made on Tuesday during a presidential spoke during presidential spokesman Manuel Ordóñez press conference, Ordóñez added that everything related to gender-based perspective will be Banned throughout the National Public Administration.
2: Oh, man.
1: They are that going to proceed been. to initiate the proceedings to ban inclusive language and everything related to gender-based perspective throughout the National Public Administration. Of course, you already know all the details. You're not going to be able to use the letters, the letter E and at symbol and X and avoid unnecessary use of whatever. Anyway, that's so, so funny. Yeah, so this guy. So somebody sent me this video. Now, I watched the video and I thought as I'm watching the expressions and the way this woman carried on, I thought she was she was authentic. And and I'm usually a pretty good judge of of people. She'd have to be one heck of an actor to to do what she's doing with the straight face and with the passion that she's speaking. And but some folks have said this is satire. So, uh, Raj, let's go ahead and yeah, play take this. It with a grain of salt.
6: My son does identify as a cat, but I cannot take him to a vet because I tried that, and the veterinarian told me that because he has human anatomy, that he does not know how to to work on him or diagnose him with anything, um, and he legally cannot. So, and while I do think that is a form of discrimination, because you know, my son, if he says he's a cat, he is a cat. <laughs> Um, and he needs to be treated like that, like one, you know, but, um, I'm not going to press charges because I know that he could lose his license if I, if he did work on my son. So, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to sue him or anything. So don't worry, but this is something that I want to raise awareness on
0: because I do think that
6: people that identify as an animal should be able to go to the vet. You know, that's the, that's the medical attention that they're wanting. They're wanting. Um, and so I a, really do appreciate you asking this question. I think it's an important topic that we discuss because if, if we don't, we're never going to make progress. And these people that identify as cats are going to have to continue going to human doctors. And I just don't think that that's fair.
0: You know, I think the benefits of, of people identifying as cats, number one, spray bottle would be much more effective than, you know, assault rifle, you know, number two. I wonder if catnip has the same effect on them as it does on the, the the old kitty cat population. And if that's the case, then we can save money on providing them needles that are clean for their drugs. We can just give them catnip. It's fine.
1: Well, and uh, we could allow them to go to a homeless camp and they could defecate in public.
0: Oh, that's true. And no one would say anything because what, they, what do they know? They're just kitty cats.
1: So... Do you ha- you ha- how many litter boxes do you have to have exactly. around the house?
0: <laughs> uh, do they come potty trained or are they, uh, are they house broke yet? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question.
1: Now, do you think that gal was serious?
0: She sounded very she, – she had the great voice for it. Well, But if it's coming from a satire website, I'm not sure I, if I would trust it. You know, she. But I haven't seen it. I've only heard it.
1: She so. used terminology here that only only a lefty would use, I think, uh, in, in authentic. I mean, it could be Babylon
0: but, B type thing. I don't but,
1: know. If you're in a public school today, if you run a, a elementary school, and you're a principal of an elementary school, you have to deal with parents oh. like this that are allowing their kid to carry on like they're an animal.
0: That's the scary thing about the video is that This is really so going realistic. on in America. Yeah. It's so realistic. So what a what a time. What a time to be alive.
1: I'm just getting the urge to scratch the scratch
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love the movie Puss in Boots and uh there's a really good movie by Puss in Boots it's uh oh man there's a Spanish actor uh Banderas Antonio Banderas plays the main character Penelope Cruz is in it as well they have the funniest you know they must have had a blast making the movie so if you haven't watched that one Uh, is that a new one uh ish new it came out there was a sequel that came out recently but the first one came out 10 years ago or so it's a classic movie.
1: I don't, yeah, think, yeah. I don't think I've watched that.
0: You kitty cat action, and there you go. It's pretty hilarious. I should
1: with my uh, grandkids. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Anyway, you know, do we, do, we, do we take our society and just modify everything we do, everything we say, every word we have to accommodate people with this sort of intelligence? Uh, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Well, well it, it seems like that's then. what the politicians want us to do. So, anyway, well, folks, I hope you enjoyed the morning. Uh, Have a great day. God bless you, and we'll see you next week that's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. DTWD group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18
4: plus.